hello 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 everybody and welcome back to the clarity podcast where you'll not only get the insight to help you transition your career but we'll have raw unfiltered conversations about equity and access in corporate america i'm your host tristan layfield of career clarity solutions formerly layfield resume consulting and today i had the honor of having julia rock on the podcast today so julia rock is a career and leadership development coach who has helped hundreds of ambitious black and people of color professionals break through career plateaus to secure six-figure salaries and fulfilling job opportunities. She's also a certified professional resume writer and certified employment interview professional. Uh, Through her company, Rock Career Development, she now helps black and people of color uh, transitioning basketball players. Excuse me. No, let me go back. Through her company, Rock Career Development, she now helps black and people of color who are transitioning basketball players at the professional and collegiate level translate their existing skills into high-paying, in-demand careers. Uh, Julia has been featured in several major publications, including Fortune, Business Insider, and Exo Nicole. So I want you all to help me welcome Julia Rock to the show. Hello, my friend. Hey there. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for coming on, man. I, it's been a while since we've been able to chat. It's been a minute, man. We, I mean, the, the living corporate link up access point days, man. We got we got to run it back one time, man. Yeah, <laughs> we got to run it back. That was like that was like in the thick of the pandemic too thick, when, when we were doing pandemic. that stuff. So we was in the house, house. We wasn't like half in and half out. We was in the house, quarantined up in the house. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I appreciate you joining me on the podcast today. And so, you know, for those who don't know, you've been doing this work for a while. You and I um, have, you know, been following each other on all the platforms, mm-hmm. seeing what each other are doing um, and all the growth we've been, we've made since then. And you've made a, sort of an, I don't want to call it a pivot, but you've you found sort of a lane that I think is incredibly interesting that we're going to get into today. And it's really helpful helping athletes trying to transition from their sport into industry. And I think that's something that we don't talk about enough here. So we're going to definitely dive into that because I think you got some good info to give the folks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay. So, but one of the things that we know, no matter if you're an athlete trying to find a job or you just, you know, one of us regular folk trying to find a job, we need to know what's going on in the job market. So from your perspective, what is the state of the job market right now? If you had to say the state of the job market right now is blank, what would that be? Interesting. I would say, (laughs) okay. I would say it's interesting. I mean, because there's so many people talking about the sky is falling because of all the layoffs in the tech space. And, and yes, that's not great, but it's very similar to the, um, to COVID era, uh, pandemic era, where you have companies that are still hiring and they still have needs, right? So the question is, so, so it's not, the sky isn't falling for everybody. And even in the tech space, people that I know that are connected in cybersecurity, uh, I was having a conversation last week and they said, Julia, we need people. We need qualified cybersecurity professionals and I'm having a hard time finding them. 
So that's why I say it's interesting because if you're on social media, everyone's trying to tell you, listen, ain't no jobs. You're never going to get hired. You're going to be hired. You ain't going to get a job for six months. And it's like, that's not really what's happening. It depends on the industry. It depends on the lane. It depends on the certifications you have, your career interests. So I, I definitely say it's, it's really an interesting time right now. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's been interesting because I always ask every single one of my guests what the state of the job market is. And, and the, the, the answers have varied so much because it, the other thing that's been happening is the state of job market has just been in constant flux since the pandemic started. It's, it's been up. It's been down. It's sort of been in the middle. It's been great. It's been terrible. Like, it's right. all over the place. And so we're constantly having to uh, you know, shift and adjust as you know, career development professionals, figuring out what's going on. How do we best sort of, uh, you know, advise our clients on how to move? Because I agree with you. It really depends on where you are in the market, the type of roles that you're looking for, the industries that you're in, on whether the job market is looking great for you or the job market is not looking too hot. Um, right? So so given that sort of nuance here, right? Um, what tips would you have for people who are trying to find a job right now in this sort of interesting market? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is, you know, especially if you are just got laid off or something like that, this is the perfect time for you to get clear on what it is that you want to do, because this may be an unexpected blessing or silver lining, right? Like you may not have really liked your job in the first place. Yes, it was a steady paycheck, but you were maybe on the fence about it. So now is the time to get some clarity. Uh, and then also in parallel, don't just get clear on that, but see if it's pain, right? Because part of the thing of like following your interests and following your passions, that's nonsense because you can't take passion to the bank. <laughs> I'm tired of people saying it. So it's about looking at what your interests are, but then also looking at where is there an opportunity for me to get paid in that space? Um, and something else that's so critical, if they don't listen to anything else I say, use your network, use your network, please, oh God, use your network. Um, because people, oh you know, they, they were trying to be out here on the struggle. I'm going to try to apply and I'm going to use Twitter and I'm going to use all these things and that's fine, but you've got built in connections, whether it's from church, your sorority or fraternity, it's from your sports team for, for the athletes that I talk to, you know, wherever it may be old coworkers, old managers, use your network so that you can try to leapfrog a little bit. Um, and, and, and the other, and the other thing I would also mention, I mean, there's a list of things I could go down, but, but another thing is that also upskill where you can, you know, this is a time that if you're looking for a job and you're, and the, the market is competitive, you've got to be able to set yourself apart in the marketplace. So if you've got some, some bandwidth now to, to get some additional skills, maybe it's not something that's super expensive but if you have the time to do some additional courses or something um you know this is the time to really set yourself apart uh, and then lastly i'll just say this is the time to build a personal brand if you don't have one if your resume is trash or your linkedin's trash and all the stuff online is trash this is the time to invest in yourself and take the time to put together a personal brand story um both written and then also for you to verbally communicate to others. So having a strong resume, having a strong website, if that's the lane that you're in, having a strong LinkedIn profile where all the messages tie together so that when people see you anywhere, that they know what you're looking for, they know what value you offer, and it's very, very clear. 
Look, you you must have been sitting in the class I taught earlier. I just came from teaching a class <laughs> at Oakland Community College, uh, career readiness, and maybe I hit on all of those points. So we are absolutely aligned. Um, you know, I talk about that all the time with the passion piece. Like, I it's great if you have a passion for what you do in your everyday work, but the reality is that most of most of us are not going to be able to monetize our passions. That's just simply what it is. Now we can monetize skill sets that we're really good at and don't mind doing doesn't mean we always have to be the most passionate at what we do at work. It just simply isn't uh, the case all the time, right? Um, and then the point about getting, making sure you can get paid. Yeah. With the job market being the way it is right now, I think one of the good things when we're trying to, one of the good things that can happen right now is when we're trying to get that clarity, we can start searching and saying, well, what type of opportunities are they hiring for? Because exactly. you might be barking up the wrong tree right now Fact. trying to find a job that they're not hiring for, right? <laughs> So, so that can really help you with that clarity. Um, and the jobs they're hiring for, they're probably more than likely going to pay for because they need those people right now. And you need to be able to negotiate when you do those things too, obviously. And then that that branding piece, man. I that branding and networking piece because I think they go hand in hand. Absolutely. You don't brand with you know to not have a network, right? right. So, so we we know that networks make you if you you get a referral from your network, you're 15 times more likely to land an interview than just applying online. Help the people. Why wouldn't we want to do that? Help the people, Tristan. Help the people. I am research and statistics based. I love to pull out a number, baby. Okay. <laughs> I will do it quick. Um, so, so I like that is absolutely key. And then that branding piece, that's where I start all of my presentations when I'm, when I'm doing these career readiness classes is look, you have a professional or personal brand, whether you know it or not. And um, you'd rather be in control of that narrative than rather having somebody else control that narrative for you. So look, you and I are absolutely aligned on the same page tips. on okay. the same page <laughs> look, look okay I love it I love it now I know that much of your work now focuses on helping athletes sort of transition um, into industry and so when we're looking at the the population that you really are looking to serve those athletes do those tips look different for former collegiate or professional athletes or would you say those dips those the dips wow those tips are very much the same or similar they're, they're similar but i think there's some addif- uh, additional things you can mention especially on the clarity piece because for people who have worked in the professional space, it may be easier for them to kind of suss out the different types of things that they're interested in. But if you've only played sports, it may take you a little bit more time to really unearth, well, what is it that I wanna, what I, what is it that I wanna do? And it may be that you just end up saying, hey, I'm going to try something. You know, so so it may be, hey, spend a little bit more time on the clarity piece. And if, you know, if all else fails, if you've talked to a coach, you've talked to everybody and you still feel like, hey, I just don't know, this is a time for you to just try something. Right. And so so that's what I would say is, um, is one of the things that I would mention. And then also for professionals, many professionals have like super sexy built in networks. Right. For those of us who are out here rolling up the seas, trying to just talk to people and hope that somebody talks to us for many professional athletes. They may have people lined up and opportunities that they could maybe walk into, but it's important for them to get good at communicating their value so that if the door is open for them, if they've got a friend, an agent, or somebody who's like, listen, you could get in, but you got to sell it. And if you don't have your value together, you could still walk in there and fumble. So it's really important to you know not only have the network and know who you can use, but be real clear 
on how you communicate your value. And also for athletes, it's even more important for them to think about transferable skills, right? For many people who may be looking for a job right now, they may be trying to stay in the same lane or something like that. So yes, transferable skills are important, but much more so for people who are trying to leverage their skills in sports into something else. Um, so really thinking about, well, what makes me a good employee in this environment or a good business owner? You know, whether it's the leadership skills, the teamwork, the competitiveness, the strategy, all those are things that you um, that, that are transferable skills. But knowing how to message that is going to be really, really essential. So the personal brand and all those things are really important. But I would tweak and add on some of these additional things for people who have, you know, for, for people who have been in the sports lane, because many of the things that professionals in the corporate space have done, athletes just haven't done. Um, and, and also like and even just putting a resume together, right? Get the help that you need to put a resume together because for some of us who've been in a professional space, we could limp along and get a little something done. But if you've never done one, you've got to have the right set of eyes to help you prepare your LinkedIn profile, your resume, et cetera. Yeah, it, it takes me back to when I graduated college and I had no clue how to write a good resume or how to set up a good LinkedIn profile or how to do any of those things. Like I was I was struggling during those times. So I can only imagine, you know, being in your mid 20s or close to 30 and not knowing any of those things, too. It sort of feels like, oh, crap, am I behind? Like, what am I supposed to be doing here? Right. right. So, so I totally I totally get it. Um, but yeah, 100 percent. I think you you hit the nail on the head this this networking piece is important these branding pieces are important and i really tell everybody like when you are on a job search you are a product and when you are a product the way you get people to buy in is through marketing and you need to have a understanding of your target audience before you try to market anything um, and so when you're talking about those professionals having those uh, potential opportunities on the table they need to really understand their unique value proposition the thing that sets them apart the thing that's going to sell them when they walk into those spaces and it's very similar for professionals right even even uh you know people who are just trying to stay in the same field you know if you're in a very competitive industry you need to know what sets you apart from everybody else right so Absolutely. i think those are some incredibly incredibly great tips oh now, can i sneak in one, one more thing that i think about can i sneak in one more thing oh yeah go okay. ahead. so go ahead. and one other thing for sports professionals don't feel like you have to run from sports because it's possible for you to stay in the sports space uh, and still do a lot, right? Like you, even if you're not on the field or on the court, there's still a lot that you can do in the front office and other things that will allow you to leverage new skills and could be a soft landing as you transition out. So, you know, you don't have to run from something. If it's, if it's still of interest to you, you don't necessarily have to go in the opposite direction just to say you broke away from your sport. There's plenty of opportunity for you to leverage those skills and transfer um, and, and be off the field or off the court. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that sort of look around where you are and see what what opportunities might fit me around here. Right. Um, you know, there's there's lots of, of people who've been in sports that have gone into the front office and have done really well, um, who've become agents sometimes and, and do really well. Yep. Um, you know, there's people who are who were in sports and then they became an entrepreneur and innovated in those sports in some way, shape or form, because you're so intricately aware of 
what's going on in that space that you can innovate exactly. for that space, right? Exactly. So um, I love that idea, sort of looking around you does, and seeing what's available to you. You don't have to run away from the sport at that point in time, which I love. I love that. Um, now, one of the things that's happening all around us, whether that's in sports, whether that's in industry or whatever the case may be, is Gen Z's creeping into the corporate space and Gen Z's creeping up into the sports space. And, and they're they're the ones that are coming up on that common age that like you know, sports people start to get on the edge of retirement because, you know, you know, Gen Z's hitting those those mid 20s, right? Yeah. The, the top of Gen Z is right. They're hitting the mid 20s. I know a lot of people uh, in the sports realm, they tend to retire around in you know, their 30s. So when we think about Gen Z talent, I don't know if you've worked with any athletes specifically from that generation just yet, but what do you think recruiters might need to know about attracting and retaining Gen Z talent, specifically ones who play or played sports? What do you think recruiters need to know about those people that are looking for roles? I think there's a couple of things to, to pay attention to. You know, one, it's, it's the traditional way of recruiting or whatever will attract, you know, think about millennials or before, those things just won't work. They have different interests. They have different things that are important to them. Uh, and so when you're trying to attract them, the messaging has to be different. Yes, the money is important, but what else, right? What is it that you're offering them that will allow them to be balanced, that will allow them to have the life that they want to live? The biggest difference that I've seen with Gen Zers versus kind of, you know, historical groups in terms of the workplace is that they have more an interest as to what is this workplace going to do for me? Where is the value that I can get? What's the balance for me in my life? I'm not here to just be a workhorse. Right. And so so that's one of the mm -hmm. biggest things is like, how are you going to position this opportunity that will sell the hey, this is what you're getting out of it. Um, and this is how things will work for your life. Um, and then thinking about especially for athletes, knowing that many of them um, are leveraging skills that you know, are coming from their sport, they don't have any prior experience, but showing them that there is a place for them in that opportunity, because sometimes athletes may feel like, well, hey, can this really work for me? I don't really know, but they've got a wealth of skills that will fit for those opportunities. And if you know that your organization, because there's many organizations out there, contrary to popular belief, that want athletes because of their competitiveness and some of the skills they've learned um, in their sport, but you've got to position it so that athletes feel like, okay, so there is a connection here for me. There is something that 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 will will bring me in and I can hit the ground running. Um, and so, so it's really about finding that balance for for the gen zers making sure they feel like they're getting something out of it but also like i said for athletes making sure that you're positioning it in such a way that it's like hey there is a place for you we do want you here and here's what we think you can bring to the table um and, and like i said I, I feel like in past you know generations it's like if you build it they will come right and you know hey we've got a job we're paying you some money so come on in and i, I feel like we're, you know we're, we're done with that in the in the marketplace i feel like yeah yeah. Yeah. Gen Z is not a, if you build it, they, they will come there. If you build it, they're going to ask, well, why did you build it? What did you build it for? How do you, what is the purpose is this of a fit for How me? is it going to help us? You know what I mean? I've got questions. Right? Like, right? <laughs> they, they got questions that they need answers to. And I appreciate that because one of the things I teach all of my clients, uh, Gen Z or not, is that the job search process is a two-way street. No matter how much companies and organizations want to sell it as a one-way street and that 
that they have all of the power. It is a two one street. You Facts. are you are interviewing and weeding out companies just as much as they are interviewing and weeding you out. Um, and I think Gen Z might be the first generation to take that straight to heart and be <laughs> like, okay, look. What are you going to do for me? Am I going to be able to show up as myself or am I going to have to try and hide something to be here to do this little work for you that I don't even want to do? Right. right. They, they are incredibly <laughs> transparent about uh, what they want, how they feel about that. And I think it's great. I think it's it's shifting the dynamics of how companies need to actually try to figure out their talent acquisition strategies and their talent retention strategies um, because it's more than putting a ping pong table in the office and thinking that that's going to keep people. Or, or the pizza, the ice cream parties that they keep trying to have, like that's a retention strategy. Like, listen, those are snacks. Snacks are not a retention strategy <laughs> for anybody who's listened to this. Tell your HR people that snacks are not a retention strategy. Throw it in the trash. Baby, why are we doing the same thing I was doing in first grade? Why are we having pizza parties? Right, they're about to start whipping out pinatas on people's birthdays next. It's going to be pinatas and we out here scrambling for the candy falling out. Like, what are we doing right now? Look, look, the only time I want to see a pinata in the workplace is if it got a couple stacks in there. Okay, thanks. Now, that might retain me. So... <laughs> But, uh, okay, well, you've given the people some really, really good, insightful things. I really appreciate you sharing that insight. Now, one of the things that I like to do is I like to bring in a little bit of sort of the popular culture aspect of things to this conversation. I think we talk about careers in a vacuum a lot, right? Yeah. But we don't always talk about them um, in context of, you know, what's going on in the news around careers right now, other right. than the job market itself. Right. Um, but one of the things that has been on my mind is sort of the retirement of a lot of our great athletes. Um you know, we got Serena, who's like, hey, I'm going to step away from, from tennis right now. Um, we got LeBron, who's been considering retirement, but is waiting to play with his sons in the league. But he's, he, you know, he's sort of one foot in, one foot yeah. out. We got Tom Brady retirement, and since and six months later, is coming back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we got all these retirement things happening. Yeah. Look, oh my gosh. Uh, let's not get started into that, because uh, <laughs> I'm going to turn into a media takeout in the chamber. <laughs> In about five seconds. Um, so, <laughs> but one of the articles that I pulled um, and sent over to you was actually from a senior editor at LinkedIn News, Joseph Millard, um, who wrote The Next Play How Pro Athletes Find Their Post Retirement Careers. Yep. Um, and I pulled this article, obviously, because this is sort of the lane that you exist in. But he wrote this not too long ago. Um, and it, it really brought up those thoughts about athletes retiring. And one of the things that he did for me is sort of put in, into perspective a couple of things, right? When we talk about conversations around athletes retiring, we're usually focused on the superstars, the people I named, the Serena, LeBron. the LeBrons, the, yeah. the Tom Brady's, right? The, all the household names who hang it up way late in their careers completely. Compared to many of the other athletes, right? They'll be in their late 30s, early 40s before they're hanging up. Um, you know, I wanted to say cleats, but everybody ain't got cleats in sports. So, you know, whatever it is that Jersey, they something, um, racket, something. It's, it's uh, you know, something <laughs> like that. Um, but what about the others, right? There's tons of people who play sports who aren't household names, and many of them tend to retire in their under 30, usually, right in their early 30s at the latest, right? So 
when we talk about these people, these are the people that you are encountering on a regular basis. So first, let me ask you, you had to step into this gap in, for some reason. Has the, Have athletes sort of been in this space where they haven't had too many people helping them with this type of transition and they've just had to be sort of figuring out on their own? Or what, what sort of what, what guided you to step into this gap? Because there's clearly a reason. Yes. Yeah, so so interestingly enough, um, I was still uh, doing uh, corporate coaching last year. And one of the ladies I was coaching, her brother had played uh, in the NBA and had played overseas. And so... Uh, she's like, hey, can you help my brother find a job? And I had uh, had never worked with athletes before, uh, but he and I were able to work together and then, you know, and he was able to get into a job. And I thought about it and I said, well, you know, he can't be the only one. So I was happy for him, but then I, but then it was like, but he can't be the only one. And as I looked around, I realized there weren't a lot of people who are actually doing this work. They have some agencies, but for many, you know, many of the agencies it's you know, it's primarily white people. Who are doing it um you know and mm-hmm. so or it's or it's just and it's and there's some former athletes who are helping from a life transition but in terms of truly career space uh there weren't a lot of folks who were helping and i thought you know what about all of those athletes who don't have those endorsements who don't have those opportunities where are they getting the support to transition because you know, for men, for most of the college athletes, they're not going to go on to play pro. I think it's 98 or 99 percent of all these athletes are, are, are not going to play pro. So they have to have a game plan um, after sports. And so at, and after they leave school, many of them are dealing with a, a loss of identity, loss of kind of purpose and direction, because all they've done is play sports. And then, like I said, for the for those who were uh, fortunate enough to make it to, to being a professional, you know, if you don't have any sort of safety net or guidance or anything, you're just kind of blowing in the in the wind. And so for me, when I started to look around the industry, I'm like, there's just not enough people who look like me and who look like the athletes I want to serve who are doing this work. Uh, and that's why I got into coaching many moons ago was to help people who look like me on the corporate side. And so now that this that the space has a lot more people who look like us, I'm happy about that. But I said, okay, well, now there's a time for me to go into a sector of the market that has a need still. And, and that's how I found this space. I love that. I love that. You and I both sort of have similar missions. That's exactly why I started my business was to help black and brown professionals really throughout their careers. And and so now sort of, I agree with you, we're getting a lot more black and brown people in the career development space. So now sort of niching down to that, I think was really smart, really, really, really smart, especially because when I was looking in the article, it said something like professional sports leagues and unions have begun to take a more active role in helping players find their next career. And it says the NFL for example, offers career development resources and training in areas like entrepreneurship, broadcasting, and public speaking. And I just found that so interesting. It's like they're starting to take a more active role in helping them. I'm like, these leagues have been here for decades upon decades. What have they been doing? These have always been incredibly finite careers for people, right? These careers end at a certain point in time. And oftentimes, they can end very abruptly for a lot of people, right? So what have these spaces been doing? So I guess that definitely pointed out the the need for somebody to be in this space, especially for black and brown people, seeing as in many sports, we we tend to dominate professionally um, in those sports. I'm going to call it. Right, right. right. Um, (laughs) Let's be honest right now. It's it's a fact. Look. Look, unless unless we're talking about tennis or, or golf, or hockey uh, or something. beyond those two, 
or hockey, right? Beyond those three, we, we tend to dominate in many of those. Black and brown people tend to dominate in many of those. So um, I think that's a really smart thing. Now, when I was reading this article, and you mentioned it, actually, it sounds like a lot of um, athletes have this, like um, – situation where they've been spending so much time with their sport that the, the the thought of leaving the sport hasn't even been able to be fully realized in their brain in any way, shape, or form. So they haven't been able to plan or even think about what they want to do. Um, and so many of them have this identity crisis. Who am I outside of football? Who am I outside of basketball? Who am I outside of tennis? Whatever the case may be. And so when we're thinking about that, have you had any clients that are in that space and sort of what are some of the things you encourage them to do when they, when they find themselves in that identity crisis space? Yeah. So, so I, I, I I try to take them back a little bit. So, well, first I I ask them to describe themselves and and see, okay, how can they describe themselves without mentioning their sport? Um, I ask them to look at some of the qualities that they have. So, so not mentioning anything external to them, like their sport. It's like thinking about who you are. What do you like about yourself? What are the skills that you like using? Um, you know, how would you describe yourself? How would your friends describe you? And then I also start to take them through, uh, you know, to think about were there career opportunities that ever appealed to you? Because yes, you may have wanted to play sports, but there's some athletes that I've talked to like, yeah, when I was a kid, I thought about being a fireman or I thought about being a so-and-so. And it may not be that that's the career path for you, but it may be that there was something about that career path that stood out to you that we could then try to start to unearth a little bit more. Um, I also just asked them, you know, what do you spend your time looking at, reading, spending time with friends about, you know, talking to your family about, what do people come and ask you questions about, you know, starting to really think about where are there different threads to pull on? Because if all you've done is focus on sports, you may not have any internships, you may not have any jobs. So a lot of the traditional stuff that you could use in terms of corporate professionals may not be there. Um, Also, especially if I'm dealing with like collegiate level or somebody who's kind of just fresh out of college, it's thinking back to the courses that they may have done. And were there courses that stood out, things that were interesting to you? Were there projects that were interesting to you, you know, while you're in that collegiate space? Because again, you're looking for those threads that of the, and then you can start to walk down the path a little bit. But that's really, so it's a lot of discovery and kind of digging work uh, that you have to do. But I think for them, it's rewarding because that's reflection that they haven't had time to do because they're just playing, they're training, they're planning, you know, they're, they're trying to keep their body in shape. They don't have that time for reflection and, and self-evaluation and self-discovery. And so that's kind of the path that I help them through. I love that. I love that. That's uh, very similar to a lot of the clients that I work with when they don't know what they want to do at all. Um, I take them down some some similar pathways. And, and I think it's really funny because I, I was actually having a conversation with my best friend right before we got on this uh this this recording and i was saying that some of the things that i'm seeing in this article that a lot of the athletes are struggling with it seems i i'm sure to them feels like it's a it's unique and solely to them and there is some aspects that are unique and solely to 
solely them. But there are some things that I thought was that were just like really sort of universal across the board. There are a lot of people whose identities are caught up in certain things, right? You you worked in this certain field for so long and got laid off and now you just don't have any direction in life because your career has been that for you for so long or you your goal has been to go through school and get a PhD and so you've just been so focused on education and getting through school and now you got the PhD and you right. now this what <laughs> major accomplishing goal now what do you do right like these are these are things that I think are incredibly common outside of sports but sports is a very unique lens for this to be happening in because it, it has such a demanding time requirement that doesn't allow a lot of the exploration or the understanding of self that other spaces might have allowed during that time, right? Exactly. Um, and so it's just very interesting that I just see such the the relation between them and other job seekers. And it's it's to, to tell you all, if you're an athlete listening to this, it's not so much different for some of the other people that, that you might be knowing. Because I know one of the things they mentioned too was like, you know, one of the athletes was talking about retiring and they're like, and they look at their peers and their friends who've gone to school and gotten degrees and they're an accountant and supply chain manager and marketing and they're moving on to another chapter and they're just sort of comparing themselves to those people. And I'm like, well, you have a very unique different set of situations, but I can guarantee you those people are comparing themselves to somebody else too and feeling inadequate and like they aren't enough or they're not where they should be. Um, these are all incredibly common situations. So I'm just saying athletes out there don't feel alone. Like literally sometimes talk, talk to the people who haven't been athletes. They, they probably can tell you they felt some of those same feelings. Exactly. And, and sometimes hearing that can just make you feel better. Right. right, right. Like, like, like we're all in the same boat together. We're all on this struggle. And that's, that's why part of reasons like I use social media for my business and to connect with folks, but I hate it sometimes because it creates this comparison situation where, cause everybody's life mm -hmm. on social media is great, right? Like everyone's making a gazillion dollars. They're hanging out on yachts with Diddy on the weekends, <laughs> right? Like it's just, everybody's <laughs> life is amazing. And it's like, we all know it's, it's not like that. But, but again, it looks like everybody loves their job. They love their spouse or love their dog. Like it just seems like everybody's loving their life. And the truth is for so many people, they're struggling but you're but but we're in that comparison page looking at okay their life looks perfect what's wrong with me and so like i just had to get on my social media soapbox like don't social media is smoke and mirrors y'all it's smoke and mirrors social media has been a point of contention for me for a long time oh i i it is absolutely useful i understand its purpose i know how to use it well but there are points where i just have to take a break it's too much for me um and i just recently came off the hills of a break because of exactly what you said that that uh you know sort of insight into the perfect pieces of people's lives which sometimes aren't even real let's be honest um but into the perfect piece i you know let, don't let me get dragged <laughs> on the internet but um you know the perfect pieces of, of people's lives it can it can make you feel some type of way right. even when you're cognizant of the fact that um many people put on a facade for the internet so you know athletes if that's the case look uh, you and i are, are are together i take a break from that stuff all you have time to for your mental health Sake. for your <laughs> so, mental health yes um and, and i think and i think now, that that's important also from a mental health perspective because for many athletes 
mental health is something that we don't talk enough about because it's always about their physical uh, readiness and their performance. And especially when you're in that transition space, you get hit uh, from a mental perspective because again, you have that sense of loss of identity and so forth. And then that comparison piece just compounds on. And so, you know, we have to keep mental health in focus yeah. with a lot of this as well. Yeah, and athletes are always taught to push through, right? Push through the pain and push through this and uh, the grief because you lose family members or lose this, but you got to play a game that night. And so so the lessons that, that athletes are taught is often to just push through whatever is going on when in reality, you know, now at the end of their their athletic career, a lot of those things are coming come rushing back too. The, the things you weren't able to deal with. And so mental health is absolutely an important factor for everybody but I could totally see with, with athletes that being such a large factor into what's going on here. Um, now, my last, my last piece about this, um, you work with athletes in this space and transitioning all the time. What are some of the common things that you see athletes transition into? What are some of the common skills you see athletes utilize to really make their transitions? There's some things that called out in the article, but I like to hear from practitioners themselves because this was just based on some, some LinkedIn data. But sometimes when we're on the ground, we see some different stuff. So what do you see? Yeah, so, so I've seen a couple of different things. So, so one is, uh, and I saw the article, sales is truly one that that actually um, it is very accurate because it's, you know, with sales, you have the opportunity to leverage a lot of the background um, that, 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 you know, that you have in terms of competitiveness and, and persistence and drive. Um, but, and, and then what I also see, a, a lot of my clients have wanted to stay in the sports space. So uh, some of them have wanted to go into coaching. They wanted to go into player development, scouting, and that kind of thing. So not even necessarily front office, but still staying very close to the players. Uh, and then some of the ones that I work with, they also have gone into entrepreneurship. So they, they are looking for my advice. So sometimes they may have been thinking about, well, I want a job. And then perhaps they thought about it a little bit more and said, hey, I want to start my own thing. I want to leverage the skills that I have to start my own thing. And so those are the three kind of main ones. And as well as some folks have gone into marketing as well, um, because they've been able okay. to um, you know, they may have had a different skill set. They may have had a school background and then just uh, honing certain skills while on the while on the field or on the court that has helped as well. So sales, uh, marketing, entrepreneurship. And, and then I just missed I lost the one that that that, that fourth one that I had. Uh, but but there's a couple of different uh, oh, coaching, sorry, coaching and staying close to the sports space. Mm -hmm. So um, so there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, for, for athletes, but those are, those are some of the main ones I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I've worked with a couple of athletes too, actually I'm about to leave here and work on a resume for one that I've been working with. And he is a former NFL player and he's in sales and he's killing it in sales. I mean, this man's coming back to me. I mean, killing it. He just, the skill set is incredibly transferable, right? And sales in and of itself is just a competitive um, industry. And so it's sort of, it sort of ignites something I see in a lot of athletes because it, uh, of the, of the translation of the competitiveness there. Um, and he, I mean, he is a beast. I've been working with him since I started my company in 2017. I mean, this man comes back to me about every six months to get his resume updated because he's getting promoted or he's getting a new job. He's getting hired. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you are 
out here killing it. So I one I 100% agree. I love it, love it. But I 100% agree. Any athletes that I've worked with have sort of been in those same buckets that you you called out, and that actually is in alignment with um, the data that LinkedIn's economic graph showed. They said sales professional, sports coach slash instructor, owner and founder. Those are the top three. Um, <clears throat> next plays for athletes when they they uh transition out of their sports so um my friend i could talk to you about this all day um i think you know those things those things that have a finite ending that require a transition we don't talk about those enough and i think you're doing some really great work we all hear about black and brown athletes being taken advantage of in a lot of these spaces and not having the help that they need. And so I think that you're doing a great service. So thank you for doing that. I really love this, this sort of slant, this, 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 this way that you're going here. And I'm definitely, definitely going to uh, keep up with what's going on because um, I, as, as we see more and more black professional athletes retiring, you know, we need to, we need a Julia rock in there to, to guide them around on the right path. Okay. Okay, my friends. So I hear that you you have a little piece of literature coming out that you helped co-author. So tell us a little bit about what you have coming out and when it is going to come out. Yeah, yeah. So I actually did uh, co-author the book, uh, The Six-Figure Athlete. And really the book is about uh, with co-authors coming in to share how athletes can turn their skills into cash, especially for athletes who are leaving their sport and maybe they don't have all the endorsements or all the money coming in. So these are key strategies to help them be able to monetize their skills. So I'm really excited about this project. Uh, it actually drops on December 14th, so really excited. But the good news is you can pre-order it right now. The, the link is available. It's rockcareer.com backslash SFA book. So, uh, so really excited about it, but it's really about empowering athletes to kind of get money in their own hands uh, so they can kind of secure their own future um, after they leave their sport. I love that. Man, people people contributing to books. I'm I'm here for it. I'm always in trying to encourage people to read a little bit more anyway. Okay. So y'all heard it here first. The book is going to drop. She is a co-author. You can find the link in the show notes. So make sure you go and pre-order that book. You know, it's this right around the holiday time, y'all. So pre-order that book for the the athlete. Okay, the athlete in your life, go ahead and get that order for them. Um, so that way they can get these tips because you want them you want them to have a, a nice long career after they're done with the sport. So Julia, you're out here doing the people's work, my friend. Thank you. Doing the what I can, doing what I can out here in East Street. I'm just trying to be like you, right? So trying to serve the people. Oh, uh, look, no, look, no, no, don't be like me. Don't be like me. Be like you. Cause look, <laughs> <laughs> we, we need, we, we need a diversity. We need diversity in the people out here. Okay. We don't need no more Tristans. <laughs> So, but congratulations on co-authoring the book, my friend. I can't, I can't wait. I'm going to order it myself. Like I said, I have a couple clients who are athletes too. So this is going to be really useful information for me to sort of pass along to them and uh, tell them to pick a copy up of. So uh, check it out in the show notes and, and let me know what y'all think. Let's start a book club or something. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. First book, six figure yes. athlete. Look. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, okay, go ahead and check it out, y'all. 
Okay, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Thank you so much for all the knowledge that you dropped today, my friend. I appreciate you coming on the pod. Um, you know, we will definitely have you back on again. I think I want to get a couple people on here so we can have a, a multiple people and have a conversation on some things. So don't be surprised if I'm in your inbox asking for more of your time. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. Come on back. Come on back. I'd love to be back. Thank you. Thank you. Now, tell people where they can find you on these internet streets yes uh so i'm pretty consistent so from a personal side you can follow me at the julia rock on facebook instagram and twitter and then from a business perspective at rock career on facebook instagram and twitter so super super easy super consistent okay perfect well you heard it here go follow her go engage with her we'll also put all her information in the show notes so once again thank you julia for joining and until next time everybody take care we'll talk to you soon